0: episode 16, sweet 16, of Badland Girls. I'm Rhea.
1: And I'm Destiny.
0: And it is, we are recording this on May 1st, so I would like to say happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month to all our Asian American and Pacific Islander listeners out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a book right now called Minor Feelings, An Asian-American Reckoning by Kathy Park Hong. Ooh, I just bought that book. Oh, it's really good. I just started it this morning. It's really, really good. I also read her other book, uh, Injun Empire, uh, which is poetry, which is really good.
0: I'll look that one up because I struggle with poetry and I need some poetry book recommendations from everyone, from you, from our listeners, from the birds on the tree someone recommend (laughs) me some poetry books please I feel like I choose the worst ones
1: I'm really bad at reading like new poetry and then I find I don't like a lot of the ones that become really popular like I don't understand the appeal of Rupi Carr. I also don't understand that if that's how you pronounce her last name I don't I uh I'm really bad um yeah I wrote better poetry in middle school I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Well, this month I am
0: planning on watching a bunch of Asian American and just Asian TV shows and film and reading a bunch of Asian or Asian American books. And the first book I'm going to read this month, I'm blasting to the past and I'm reading a book of my first Asian American icon when I was a child, Claudia Kishi from The Babysitter's Club. I am rereading a Babysitter's Club book with her as the focus.
1: I like how you're like, I'm going to focus on Asians. Going to read this white author's depiction of an Asian person.
0: (laughs) That's the only white author I have. But uh, Claudia Kishi is very important to me, as was very important to me as a young Asian uh, American growing up. So I decided to revisit that. And then I have... uh, minor feelings on my reading list. And then uh, Michelle Zotner, Japanese breakfasts uh, memoir, crying in H Mart about her mother's death. And then um, a Filipino uh, YA thriller novel that I found that is, sounds really interesting about a, um, a young Filipino American teenager who goes to the Philippines to find out the circumstances Of his cousin's mysterious murder. So that sounds like a fun read.
1: This is a cool project. I might have to join you.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was scrolling through uh, some stuff on Netflix to watch. And I see that they added a bunch of Korean queer movies. And I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah. I'm here for this. Right. And then that kind of... Oh, sorry? Oh, I just said, sign me up. Yeah. So I decided to kind of do... All of these things because of just, uh, I just, it's been on, well, you know, I'm Filipino, but also, you know, just with the recent anti-AAPI hate crimes that have been circulating the nation, I feel like it's even more important to be celebratory of the Asian American Pacific Islander experience.
1: Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. What have I been up to? I'm still playing Animal Crossing New Leaf.
0: How's that Uh, going? I need an update.
1: My store is upgrading tomorrow. I can't remember which upgrade it is, but I'm really excited. Nice. And my uh, hair salon is coming in, I think, within the next two days or so. Um, I forgot
0: there was a hair salon.
1: Yep got my hair salon. I just experienced weeding day for the first time, which I think I just missed last time I played New Leaf. It's always the last day in April and Leaf stands in your plaza and is like, get all the weeds out. And then if you weed a bunch, you get furniture that's like plant shaped, which, uh, since my town didn't have any weeds when, uh, Leaf asked for weeding to be done I just unlocked some topiaries in my public works so and I never had these in my last playthrough so I have these like cute topiaries that I can put around town ooh that's awesome yeah I'm very excited um <laughs> Frig of the Penguin moved out yesterday so I don't know who I'm getting next I hope it's not another frog no offense to the frogs but I already have two of you <laughs> wait who are your two frogs I forget Lily uh, oh, like, Lily! Yep, Lily the Normal Villager and uh, Frobert the Jock. Oh, boy. I like Frobert, but I don't usually like jocks. Like, I have a very low tolerance for them, but actually, I think they're just better in New Leaf. Really? Yeah, I, they... I
0: always think jocks are just hysterical. Like, whenever I, I listen to a jocks conversation, I always start laughing because they're just so ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, they're very silly. They're very silly. My favorite villager types are Uchi and, um, what's the, like, goofy kind of snack-obsessed? Lazy. Lazy. Lazy, yeah. Yeah, those are my favorites. My favorites
0: are, uh, what is it? Popstar? Cheery?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I forget what it's called.
1: I think it is Cheery.
0: Okay. Cheery and, um, uh, Snobby. The snobby one I just like I just love how they kind of uh just kind of talk to you like you're like this adorable little uh younger person than them that's just whirled into their life.
1: (laughs) What about male types? Male
0: types, uh hmm. Big fan of lazy because they are just so adorable. They're
1: freaking and
0: I actually have a really big soft spot for Grumpy.
1: Grumpies are great. I have a grumpy in my town <laughs> called Vladimir. He's a pink bear.
0: Oh, I just think they're really, they they make me laugh because they're so grumpy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> about no, they everything. got that deep voice.
0: Yes. I love it.
1: In my New Horizons town, my grumpy was a black horse with red eyes named Roscoe. Ooh, pretty. <laughs> And the other video game I've been playing a lot of is Stellaris, which is a 4X sort of galactic empire management game. <laughs> what? My ex-boyfriend got me into this game. I don't even understand. Like it's you just manage a bunch of planets and solar systems and you have to control like the populations on the planets. You have to control like you have science ships and construction ships and star bases. And you just manage all of them like that's the whole game and it has like this beautiful majestic space music and uh, just tons of things you have to look into like research and your your armies and uh, maintaining all your planets, and making sure like they don't become like right now Earth has this big uh, unemployment problem that I've been dealing with. <laughs> and it's just like ugh. and i only have four colonies so i can't resettle very many of the unemployed people and there's a robot population that i'm trying to get enough research to where they become sentient but right now they're only in servitude roles but weirdly entertainer is considered a servitude role which i guess that makes sense but so there's just these really famous robot entertainers in my game wow (laughs)
0: But yeah, it's a fun game.
1: Oh, go on. Sorry.
0: Oh, go ahead. What do you play it on?
1: I play it on uh, Xbox. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Playing that on Xbox. And I also have, like, I've I've been playing a lot of video games. It's Escapist City at Casa de Destiny. Uh, I've been playing a hacked Game Boy Advance. What does that mean? Like, I don't understand what that means. There's a cartridge that has a bunch of games. Like, it has every single Game Boy Advance release on it. And I just have this in my Game Boy Advance at all times.
0: Oh. Okay, because it was sounding a little bit to me like a creepypasta. Like the start of a creepypasta. I play a (laughs) hacked Game Boy Advance.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's probably, like, a fancier word for it, but, like... And it also has a Game Boy emulator on it, so I have, like, Game Boy games as well. Oh, okay. And it's been really fun to, like, look through that. And, like, I played The Sims for a little bit. I played a Dragon Ball Z RPG. I'm playing the Mario and Luigi RPG that was on Game Boy Advance. It's been really fun. Well, cool. Well, I want to give an update
0: about my Crash Bandicoot woes. From last time. Do tell. So I was on the final level before the boss. Now, Crash Bandicoot is weird because the bosses are actually relatively easy. It's the levels that are impossibly hard. So the very last level of the game is like... I found it nigh impossible. And uh, luckily, they added a feature to the new Crash Bandicoot game where... Um, you can die as many times as you want and still start from the same checkpoint. In the classic games, if you lost all your lives, you would start from the beginning no matter what. If you had lives, you'd start from the checkpoint. But if you lost all of them, you'd have to start from the beginning. So kind of like, I guess, Super Mario. But in Crash Bandicoot, it's stupid because it's a stupidly hard game. So I'm playing this game and I end up struggling so much that I have to like, pause it and leave it on like I can't just restart the level because it's just so difficult and literally the last quarter section of the level was the hardest thing I've ever done on a platformer and it keeps count of how many times you die I died 200 times on that tiny quarter section of the game oh that game is ridiculous I beat it but 200 times? Come on. Ugh. Track? Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: It's like they want you to know how much of a failure, failure you are.
1: <laughs> I would have just quit. Like, I can't stand difficult games. I've quit so many games when I get stuck. Like, I'm a quitter. I'm not ashamed.
0: <laughs> I haven't played that level again. Despite everything, though, I still play it casually because some of the levels are pretty fun when you go in. But it's like... I can't get it down. Most of the levels I really like, even the ones that um, are easy, I still die over five times every time I play. Just because it's just, and I'm just like, that is way too many fucking times. Jesus. Crash. What the hell? (laughs) But luckily that's over. And now I have a new game to distract me, which is Pokemon Snap.
1: Nice. I haven't bought mine yet, but I'm going to pick up a physical copy because uh, members of my household also want to play it. Okay.
0: I never thought a game where you just take photos of Pokemon running around could be so much fun.
1: It's so relaxing. I played the uh, original one and I remember playing it repeatedly for years and years. <laughs> wow. <it's> so soothing. <laughs>
0: it is really soothing. It's a lot of fun. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to bust into that. I I did play, I'm not done with it yet, but I played Pokemon Shield on the Switch. And I'm one badge away from getting all the badges. I did enjoy it. I don't really have much to say on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine.
0: Well, uh, before we get to our regulars, which we're going to do a little backwards because we want to end this episode, the meat and the potatoes, talking about our movie. But before that,
1: let's uh let's talk about what have you been watching on YouTube lately. Well Oh my gosh, what have I been watching on YouTube lately? Let me just can I just peek at my YouTube history really quick. Of course you can. Okay, so Well, one, the Mystery Science Theater folks have decided that they're going to do another Kickstarter. And they've been doing all kinds of um, live streams of old episodes on their YouTube channel, which I haven't been watching, but I'm really excited and I hope everything works out and maybe they'll get another season of that show somewhere.
0: Yeah, I saw that they want to kind of do it more independently um, I'm not sure how it worked the last time though, cause wasn't it a Kickstarter before and then they sold it to Netflix? I...
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure okay. that's how it went down, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna work. I haven't really been watching any of the updates. I've been watching, like, or like, just, I've just been passively observing through my YouTube recommendations what's been going on on that channel. Okay. I've been watching a lot of Stellaris tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> That is where I am. My favorite Stellaris YouTuber. He does a lot of um, different kinds of... He plays a lot of 4X games. uh, But he mainly does Stellaris. His name is Colors Fade Gaming. And he just has this very soothing voice. He seems like a kind dad. I'm pretty sure he has children. But even if he didn't have children, he seems like he'd be a kind dad. And I like to put him on... Learn about Stellaris very uh, thoroughly, and then fall asleep.
0: (laughs) Can I just say, I really like the descriptor, he looks like a kind dad, or he sounds like a kind dad.
1: (laughs) Well, that reminds me, I had a dream about your dad, like, three days ago. Oh? And then I had a dream about your mom, like, two days after that. Oh. It was just weird. Like, I was just thinking about your parents in my subconscious, apparently. I love your parents, so I'm glad they nest in my subconscious but like in my dream about your dad he fell off a bridge oh boy (laughs) it was really horrible like he hit his head and we were trying to get him up and like the bridge was swaying wildly it was like a cartoon it was very cartoony the way he fell so don't worry he wasn't killed or anything okay and then in my dream about your mom it was very tender we were like bonding over this uh we were both in this performance together and she like gave me a kiss on the shoulder. Oh, I don't really remember much. I just remember your mom kissing me on the shoulder. Like it's going to be okay. And I was like, Aww. that's very comforting.
0: (laughs) The only dream I had recently of any significance was I dreamed that Thor was an owl. What? I had an owl instead of Thor and it looked like him except he was an owl.
1: (laughs) That's, kind of really cool (laughs) a pet owl what have you been watching on YouTube
0: uh I watched the web series that you recommended to me the wondrous and gay life of Caleb Gallo
1: I'm so glad you watched it because I need someone to talk to about this show I've watched it twice already And I don't even know how I feel. Like, I know how I feel about it overall. And I know how I feel about individual moments of it. But I still don't know if, like, there's just certain things about it that I have quibbles with, I guess. And I just want to hear some opinions. So what did you think? I thought it
0: was really funny. Uh, It's definitely
1: funny. Yes. Yes.
0: Very kind of, like, uh, whip-smart kind of, like, screenwriting with the back and forth between all the characters. Um I really liked uh I I was very amused by uh Freckle's antics.
1: Freckle specifically. Was
0: my favorite. Yeah. specifically <laughs> uh Freckle called Caleb at one point and spent the first minute of the call just waving their hair around before <laughs> saying, What are you up to? <laughs>
1: Okay, so can I just give a little backstory of how I discovered this show? Oh, please, yes. So I was on TikTok, just scrolling through TikTok, and I don't know if you know how TikTok works, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Uh, there are these. Well, I don't sounds... know, so please do. Oh, okay. There are these sounds that people like will lip sync to, or just put over videos of them doing stuff, and the sounds are um, repeated and yada yada yada. And one of the sounds on a video was Freckle and Caleb's talk about (laughs) Freckle is essentially telling this story about these guys that they uh, slept with and how they like happened upon them outside their window. And one of them was black and one of them was Asian. And Caleb interrupts and is like, why are you saying they're racist? And Freckle's is. Uh, Caleb says why are they saying the races Uh, Hollywood has a big race problem because everybody in Caleb's world is an actor and Freckle is like America has a race problem (laughs) and if I didn't say the races you would assume they were all white and I just thought that was so like provocative and intriguing and so I went into the comments of this TikTok uh, because it was just somebody like lip syncing to that scene and I was like okay maybe the comments will tell me where this is from. And it said Caleb Gallo. So I Googled it and that's how I found the series. And I just watched it from episode one. And, and when they first introduced Freckle, that Freckle, I was on edge. Cause I was like, I don't want this to be something where they're making fun of someone or like, I just didn't know what to expect. But then I looked it up and the actor's actually gender fluid and um, friends with the writer creator. And so uh, I was like, okay, I can continue and enjoy the show. <laughs> But, yeah, Freckle is my absolute favorite. Just so shallow and blunt and hilarious. And everything they say about race is, like, spot on.
0: Yeah. I was reading one of the comments on one of the episodes, uh, and the comment said, Freckle's name being Freckle is non-binary culture, (laughs) which made (laughs) me laugh really hard.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, like, I guess, because this is kind of an obscure show, I guess I could go into, like, it's, a, it's essentially about this guy named Caleb, and he lives in California, and all his friends are, like, crazy. And he, he's just, like, falling in love with, like, everybody at the drop of a hat. And he has this friend named Billy that he's kind of in love with, and Billy identifies as straight. And Billy's in love with this other his other best friend, whose name I can't remember, the redhead? Uh, Karen. Yeah, so Billy's in love with Karen. And then... Caleb is also in love with Benicio who's coming into the country to uh on like a visa or something and there's this like kind of there's just a bunch of different love triangles and different relationship transformation or not transformations uh configurations and it just has a very chaotic energy that appealed to me as a polyamorous pansexual (laughs) And so I just really, like, related to a lot of it and really enjoyed it in a way that I did not expect.
0: I think one of the things that I really appreciated about it is that in popular culture, when we see somebody kind of like, when we see a queer person kind of like uh, bucking the ideas of, like, the gender binary It's usually in a very flamboyant way. Uh, An example of this is like the popularity of uh, drag and drag culture. And I just really appreciated that these were all quote unquote like normal looking people. And yet they completely bucked the gender binary at every level, just without question. And I really appreciated that. Like when Benicio came down to party and he was wearing that, that uh john hughes inspired pink dress yeah i just i just loved that
1: i loved the shirtless dance parties i want to have shirtless dance parties with my friends so bad
0: (laughs) that would be something that you would host i can just see it (laughs) in my head
1: (laughs) yeah if anybody in your friend group is gonna host shirtless dance parties it's gonna be destiny
0: I, I really loved it almost felt like a very very at times it almost felt like a very, very queer John Hughes movie in, in just the way they talked and acted and the way some of the relationships uh, ended up uh, ended up by the end. I found myself really intrigued in the first episode by how well the tension was between Caleb and Billy when they were sitting in the park together after his failed date with Karen.
1: Yeah, and show... oh go on
0: uh oh no go ahead I want to hear what you have to say I was
1: just gonna say this show does uh sexual tension really well there were so many moments where I was like these characters are gonna have a threesome these characters are gonna <laughs> like there's just so many like things that could happen it, it was really well done yeah it's not something you
0: I usually see in like a kind of a smaller production like it was like it was like Oscar worthy I was impressed I was really impressed by how it was written and just how it was acted. Um, I'm curious
1: to know, just what were some of your
0: uh, quibbles with it?
1: Um, Since there's only five episodes, I felt like the plot with Benicio, like, escalated so fast. Like, it starts with him uh, him just coming in and being in love with Caleb, and then it ends with him marrying Caleb. Yeah, that was a little,
0: that was a lot. Um, <laughs> I think the fifth episode is actually the one I, I think is the weakest. Just because, like, I would have been okay with their wedding. Um, but then they added all that Billy drama. And I was just like, this feels unearned. Because yeah. I, I just feel like, like uh, it just feel it feels like too much. Because they didn't spend enough time with Billy struggling with his sexuality at all. To, to kind of have that earned moment. But I also, at the same time, really appreciated how annoying they made the one straight character. <laughs> was the straight male character. <laughs> I
1: like that Billy's messy. Like, yeah, Billy's messy. Because he says very early on in the show that he has mental illness. Oh, I, just, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Like, uh, right when he's trying to talk to... I can't... Like there's a scene where Caleb and Karen and Billy are all in a room together and he says something offhanded like he's like, I have a really hard time with anxiety or OCD or something. I can't remember specifically. I want to say it was OCD. And and I I feel like a lot of just a lot of depictions of mental illness are very like cute and quirky in media. And Billy's was ugly. Like Mm. he was having full on breakdowns when Karen dumped him and they barely went on one date and it wasn't even a good date. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like, just like not knowing what you want and changing your mind a lot is like a very big OCD thing. So I liked that his sort of behavior was ugly because it was very realistic.
0: No. Okay. I can appreciate that too. I just thought that, like, honestly, I found the show quite riveting. I yeah, loved all the good. side characters they introduced, and I wish we could have seen more of them, especially his sister.
1: His sister's amazing.
0: dude, that his... whole sequence where she's guiding Len through his audition monologue is one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's oh, delight. um but she just has her tits out at their wedding. <laughs> yes, that I was, was killing. Crying. Me. I was laughing so hard. I could not handle that.
0: <laughs> you know who else I thought was really funny? Those advisors with their with their throuple guy.
1: Yes. I loved that Caleb almost fucked the throuple guy.
0: Yes. I <laughs> laughed so hard when he went over to talk to the throuple guy. And then he said, so what are you into? And he's like, well, I like bondage and, you know, being tied up. And then Caleb's like, oh, we're, we're getting right to it. I was <laughs> <laughs> just dying. Girl,
1: like, make fun of him for like, being into that it's everything is just very like low-key accepted
0: yes i i like that a lot
1: yeah there's a lot of like respective boundaries happening like there's a scene where uh caleb and Benicio have this fight in front of um this couple that they meet with freckle and um it's actually the basketball guys that uh freckle slept with in the yeah. race story uh but anyway uh, one of them drives Benicio home, and Benicio is really heartbroken, and he almost tries to get a kiss from him, and the guy's like, "I don't think that's what you want, little buddy." And I'm just like, "What a great way to show like healthy boundaries!" I know.
0: Ah, uh, there was just so much that really caught me off guard with the show, as far as like deep digging into these deep emotions, and for a show that you know is whip smart and really clever and funny in a very kind of like old school like some of the quips back and forth reminded me just like of an old school like classic hollywood comic romantic comedy it just it goes really deep i appreciated it
1: yeah i um...
0: why also was it so funny when freckle was waving their head around and then they hit their head on that paper lantern and everyone started clapping at the wedding?
1: What was my favorite Freckle moment in that episode? I don't know if it was that or Freckles singing that Selena song and then not knowing any of the words. <laughs> just the chorus.
0: Just the chorus. Oh, man. And the use of, like, old 90s songs was so perfect. The ones that uh, the creator chose, like, that Selena song, that Donna Lewis song, I Love You Always Forever.
1: And yeah, just- all the Benicio, like, love songs are, like, the cheesiest 90s songs. It's so good. It's, like, yeah. perfect.
0: Well, I'm really happy that you suggested this show to me because I really enjoyed it. I binged it in, binged it, it's only five episodes, in <laughs> one day. And I just, I was really blown away by just how how clever and funny it was. And, uh, and I, I really, really liked it.
1: I'm glad you liked it. I um, hope more people see it. Just even if you don't like it, I think it's a really unique depiction of like a lot of different things like queerness and polyamory and just having like friends that uh, always have the will they or won't they thing going. And I don't know. There's just a lot happening and i and i really enjoy the energy of the show and i think that it's worth seeing and i'm kind of sad that there aren't more episodes like when it ends i'm just like i remember not knowing i didn't know it was five episodes when i started watching it so when it ended i was like okay episode six here i come oh oh there's no episode six so it's like well damn oh that sucks yeah oh that sucks and I know that, uh, I think the creator's name is Brian Alvarez. I know yeah. that he, he's, um, done other web series on his YouTube channel. I just haven't watched them yet. Mm.
0: Well, like I said, I, I really like this and I'm really happy that you recommended. It. And that is what we've been watching on YouTube lately. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do our, our, um, our, uh, regulars a little backwards. We're going to start with the jam first. So, ah, Badland Girl, girl,
1: that's That's my jam. jam. Destiny, what's your jam? My jam is Be Sweet by Japanese Breakfast. I love that song. I literally heard it for the first time just yesterday. Oh, but I've been listening to Japanese Breakfast off and on for like the past year. Um, but I'm really excited for her new album. And I my friend you were in this group chat uh said japanese breakfast is like if dream pop and city pop had a perfect baby and i just thought that was so apt for this it new, really like, is these new singles i thought that was um perfect so sh- thank you andrea for giving me a descriptor for japanese breakfast <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh i really love that song i pre-ordered her album I, I've loved her previous two albums. I could talk about Japanese breakfast forever. I'm sad that her tour is not coming anywhere near here. Not that I would go unless it was an outdoor concert. <laughs> right. Like I'm but, fully
1: vaccinated in like within days, but I'm not going to movie theaters for a while. I'm still going to wear my mask everywhere. Yeah. I only actually,
0: I had a small get together for a party recently and it was the first small get together that I've done literally since March twenty twenty. And everyone at that party sat six feet apart. There was only four people and we were all fully vaccinated and we were sitting in a garage.
1: Good. That's <laughs> how it should be. Like I went to a very, very small gathering of three people and we uh masked up and they were fully vaccinated. I'm halfway vaccinated. Um And it was a good time, but like, Oh, I, I miss social interaction. I do.
0: Oh God, me too. Like right (laughs) when I was fully vaccinated, I got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and I'm fine, by the way, (laughs) I didn't have those rare uh, symptoms show up. Thank goodness. Um, But like the first thing I did was just start planning to go places just because I've been, I've been adhering to pandemic safety rules for so long And the first thing I did was my mom and I went to Lawrence and Gardens um, where you can go unmasked on the outside, but have to stay masked indoors, which is fine. And then I did that party that same weekend. So I'm definitely looking forward to going more outdoor activities, but it'll be a while before I feel comfortable in a indoor space. And also just like I'm not a person like... I'm not taking my fucking mask off to eat. It will be a while before I go to an indoor restaurant.
1: Yeah, no way. Like, it's not happening for a while. I don't care yeah. how many people are vaccinated around me. I'm still, like, there's still weird strains out there.
0: Yeah. And You gotta if be you careful. Don't know what's
1: happening. Oh, go on.
0: No, I'm done. That's all I had to say.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, like, in. Like, what's happening in India right now is just. Honestly, that stuff
0: that's happening in India is terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's really bad. And I think shame on the US for like hoarding all the vaccine. And like, I know they're giving medical supplies and aid, but like, m- more countries need to step up. And like, oh, I don't know. It just makes me sad. I hate it. I was talking to a co worker who's based in India and. He was like, "Yep, I've seen a lot of death. It's not. It's 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 worse than probably what you're seeing on the news over there." And I was oh like, "Oh my god,
0: that is just I... so awful to
1: hear." Yeah, my heart breaks uh, for him and everyone else that has to deal with that. I might have to find somewhere I can donate some money to.
0: Yeah, if you can, please help.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's bad and. Like over here, it's like people are acting like the fucking pandemic is ending. And I, I don't know don't... why it's yeah, not deaths every day. Yeah. I don't know what to fucking tell you,
0: man. Like, it still, it still grinds my gears to see people just going out. Like everything's fucking okay, mm-hmm. man. They just said winking skeleton just said it's okay to go outdoors without a mask. As long as you're around vaccinated people. And I'm just like, he just said that. And I'm just like, it just drives me up the wall. I get so pissed about it.
1: Yeah, I know it's stupid. Oh, uh, what's your jam?
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry for the for sorry for the sidebar. COVID sidebar. We got
1: angry and so we got yeah. tracked and we're sorry.
0: So my jam uh is uh Jackson by Orville Peck and Trixie Mattel. They did a cover of this song that was made famous by Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash and man if that's not the duet i wanted to hear this week
1: (laughs) i listened to Uh, it right before bed last night and it put me in such a good mood
0: oh it's such a fun it's such a fun video too because they look like they're in an, they look like they're in the old opry grand old opry and they're doing it like old school style singing into the microphones and trixie is uh looks exactly like dolly parton wearing a very short dress and her hair is just all the way up to heaven my goodness (laughs) and (laughs) it just makes me so happy to see so much good queer energy in country music. I'm living for it. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gay country music all the way. (laughs) All the way.
0: And it's just a fun song. It's a fun uh, song anyway. And it's just fun to hear them sing it. And they both have beautiful voices. I actually need to go back this has made me want to go back and listen to trixie mattel's album that she released i think last
1: year or a couple years ago uh barbara barbara moving parts no wait moving parts is the movie uh there's barbara there's uh two birds one stone i think are the other two albums oh wow i didn't even know there was more than one holy shit okay well, I have um, stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, got some got some research to do, but that's yeah. really exciting. And yeah, I'm not even like a country music fan, and I freaking love that song. Yeah, I, I've always liked that song. Um, cocaine I'm and the rhinestones girl in is The girl
0: Oh yeah, you told you said that last time.
1: Oh whoops! Uh, listen to it. <laughs> yeah, listen to it. <laughs> he, uh, he goes on a deep dive on a record label I've never heard of, and somehow links it to the history of pinball. Wow, what's the record label called? Uh, hold on, I'll tell you as soon as I okay. look it up again. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that Song Jackson is that that song slaps as the kids say.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: The record label is Starday Records. No. Oh, interesting. He considers it an anti-Nashville sound. And he goes into that, but I don't really remember all the details. Um, But yeah, Cocaine and Rhinestones, I think, is the best music history podcast I've ever heard. And I don't listen to country music.
0: Oh, I need to listen to it then. It encourages me
1: to explore country music, and I I am in the midst of doing that. But uh, definitely uh, kind of on the fence about it.
0: Oh, I love country music. I love the old kind of like proto-feminist anthems from like Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn. And I also... One of my favorite things about country music um, is how much death is weaved into their their songs. There is a Carrie Underwood song. Carrie Underwood was uh, one of the winners of American Idol. And I think her most popular song is a very cheesy song called Jesus Take the Wheel... And uh but she has this excellent song about two women, it's a storytelling song, who find out their husband's cheating and they kill him. And then they they just kind of like stiffly acknowledge each other at his funeral, like, yep, we killed him.
1: I mean, <laughs> that's like the best song. Song She's so she popular, and that's one of her songs. I love it. I, I said that's like that uh Dixie Chick song where that they, that lady kills her abuser. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of good murder ballads. A lot of good deaths. Yes, I
0: feel like one of my favorite Wanda Jackson songs is actually a murder ballad. Uh, it's called "The Box That It Came In." She's singing about how her her lover has taken everything, um, all of her, stolen everything, all of her furniture, her clothes, and including uh, the wedding dress and the box that it came in, and uh, she says that's okay because the next box that he's going to be in is going to be satin lined, a coffin. Ha. So nice. <laughs> yeah. it's nice.
1: just, it, very good. It makes me I happy. Have a couple of Wanda Jackson vinyl records. I I do like. Oh, her. I didn't know that. Yeah, for somebody who doesn't listen, or excuse me, who does who says they don't like country music, I actually like like uh, a very small bit of it. Like I'm slowly yeah, okay. getting into it. So maybe I'll uh, come around
0: well keep me uh abreast of your uh your country music journey because I want to know
1: <laughs> sure thing
0: all right so to end this episode this week we are going to talk about the recently released movie and our recently uh watched movie uh Mortal Kombat 2020 <laughs> one <laughs>
1: 2021
0: I'm, I'm lost in time <laughs>
1: You're lost in time. You're lost in space.
0: Mortal Kombat 2021 is a new story from from for Mortal Kombat. It adds some new characters. A new character. It is very violent. It finally acknowledges the game's violent roots. It is rated R. Uh, I watched it twice in two days and loved it both times. <laughs> This is the kind of movie that uh, young Rhea, who played the super violent version of Mortal Kombat that my dad had to enter a special code in for, this is the kind of movie that she wanted way back in
1: 1993.
0: (laughs) And uh, I really enjoyed it. I feel like if you're looking for a place to start for AAPI month for movies, start here. Because there is a <laughs> lot of good Asian representation more so than in the original film, which I appreciated immensely. So, That's true. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I have a lot more to say, but I want to hear Destiny's thoughts first.
1: I liked it. I didn't love it, but I will go into those reasons as we talk about it. I, okay. uh, really enjoyed it though i was entertained and that's really all you want out of a movie about um fighting competition and uh people just beating the shit out of each other like you don't really need much right (laughs) yeah it was a very good action movie sorry it was a very good action movie yes it was i yeah i enjoyed it on that level i really liked um I was surprised I liked the main guy as much as I did because he's, he's not like written especially well. He's not his, his arcana isn't even that good, but I really liked him.
0: I liked him a lot too. I just, I think more than anything, I just liked that he, his existence uh, shows that Scorpion is the superior uh, ninja. I'm not Mm going to have it. fanboys (laughs) fanboys <laughs> fucking 20 years of Sub-Zero bullshit. And I finally, finally Scorpion gets his goddamn dues. I was so happy. I did a fucking backflip.
1: Yeah. Scorpion was really good in this movie. I really liked how it opens with his backstory. And I thought all of that, like as soon as I saw the little, um, what is it? Like a dagger. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, somebody, like, left the house behind me, and I didn't see who it was. must have been Josh. Okay, that's uh, fine. But anyway, uh, yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> that's gonna happen. And I liked all the little nods to the game, and uh, just, like, Sonya was cool as fuck, and they made jacks cool <laughs> cuz i don't think he's that cool in the games so yeah.
0: and jacks have always been pretty generic characters to me because they are kind of like the military branch of the game and they're not very interesting they're very they're very kind of like we do what's right and we don't have any sort of interesting story and sonia to me has always been like the weakest female character of the game and not my favorite at all. So to see a movie that actually gave her a really interesting story, I was it this made me appreciate Sonia so much more than I ever have in my life and I'm glad that they did it. And they did Jack's really well too. Uh
1: Yeah, and they have chemistry. Like they actually really uh made their relationship interesting and believable.
0: Yeah. I um, thought it was a really good idea to um, sideline Liu Kang in this just because Liu Kang is the traditional hero in like the story mode of the game. And I love Liu Kang, but he's also a little bit boring. They added some backstory to him that I don't think was in the game that made him a little bit more intriguing. And uh, I, I kind of like that he was, he's part of the group, but that I, I really did like Cole as the, as the kind of like leader of the group. I didn't think it was going to work, but it actually worked really well. Yeah. I was surprised um,
1: at how well it worked.
0: Yeah. Especially since, like you said, like compared to Liu Kang, who's like flinging around fire, his arcana isn't as impressive. So it was just, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Also um, the guy, the actor who played Cole was in this uh, Asian American, not I don't know if it was Asian American, but it was an Asian-inspired uh show called Into the Badlands, uh, that my mom really loved. It's like an action uh kung fu show, uh dystopia. I think it was on AMC. And then the guy who played Liu Kang, he is a uh he's in this Chinese drama on Netflix called the Ghost Bride that my mom also watched.
1: So, mom was just on the pulse of all the good (laughs) asian shows
0: right uh and so like it was a kind of a who's who of uh current asian talent which i appreciated very much um i i i liked i really liked the way goro looked i thought he was very scary looking and i really liked that fight sequence with him
1: and how easy that would have been to screw up you know
0: yeah. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. surprised. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say like the 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 uh, pfft, I can't say words. The special effects in this were very very good.
0: Yes. Um I also think it was a really good idea to not have Johnny Cage in this one. Johnny Cage is uh I love Johnny Cage, but he's a lot. And <laughs> I'm really happy that they did not have him because he would have pulled too much focus away from the Asian characters. And he's usually cast as white. I would love if they did not cast him as white in the next movie that they're obviously going to do because this movie made a bazillion dollars. Yeah, but... it's
1: set up for a trilogy, right?
0: Oh, I have no idea about the trilogy. Oh, I just is, know that it, it did is. really. I, oh, it is? I uh,
1: had that confirmed. It's oh, okay. It's going to do... They, wanted, they did the pre-tournament movie, they're doing a tournament movie, and then they're doing a post-tournament movie.
0: This is exciting. I'm going to cry. This is all young Rio wanted. <laughs> <laughs>
1: cool. I'll be the first to admit, I played the shit out of that game on Sega Genesis, and I played a lot of it Like subsequently. I, I love Mortal Kombat, but I, I don't know jack shit about the lore. I don't remember the 90s movies. So, I was coming into this kind of like, I just want them to look cool. I didn't really have a lot of, like, lore needs. Mm. Uh, well, they... Like- s- oh, go on. Uh, no, go ahead. The only thing I-, I don't like when movies are sort of um, made to be sequelized, I kind mm. of, like... Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't usually like, like when movies are made that way. Like, especially now in our franchise-heavy world where everything wants to be a franchise and I just think it's really sad and capitalist. Mm. Um, so that wasn't great. Um, but since they're going to make a sequel, I hope, like, like you said, that they cast, like, an interesting Johnny Cage. I liked that this movie didn't really have... It had, like, people that were known for things. Like, I know that Jax was in the Supergirl show... Um, he was...
0: I didn't recognize him until I saw it with Rob, and Rob said, "Hey, that's Jimmy Olsen from Supergirl," and I'm like, "I'm an idiot." He has a mustache, and I didn't recognize.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he's like way more buff.
0: Yeah, that's true too.
1: Yeah, and I, I had never, I had never watched Supergirl. I only saw bits and pieces of it because uh, my roommate watched it, uh, but apparently he's very good in it. And yeah, but like they didn't cast like name names, so. I, I actually really liked that I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool and risky uh, and it worked out in the movie's favor.
0: I think so too uh the lore of Mortal Kombat is ridiculous um <laughs> over the span of of like of the game's history uh they've had to retcon a lot of stuff and this movie simplified a lot of that while adding something new so like, um i don't think many people remember this but between game two and three which is see jacks first appeared in game two as kind of the military replacement for sonya and then he appeared in game three and he had metal arms and in my little game book that i came in with my little sega genesis it said that he willingly went under uh the knife to get those metal arms Every subsequent sequel or game has now had that retcon to be that Jax lost his arms in some sort of trauma and then he gets the metal arms. There's a lot of ridiculous tech shit in Mortal Kombat, Kano's laser eye, Jax's arms, that they very neatly um, put into this Arcana category in the movie, which I thought was very streamlined and appreciated it. And then one of the biggest things that, uh, m- get ready folks for more Sub-Zero complaining because it's a coming. One, <laughs> of the b- one of the biggest things that they had to retcon in this series is uh, that initial um, fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, which leads to their rivalry. So in the original game, it is true, Sub-Zero does kill Scorpion's family and he becomes a vengeful demon ghost. His fatality is he rips off his mask. He's a skeleton and he burns you alive. Something that happened in this movie and that made me giggle like a small child.
1: I love uh, that the actual fatalities were in the movie. Just Yes. That was that incredible.
0: <laughs> um, but because sub zero was such a popular character and, um, I as a hero, they had to eventually retcon him killing Scorpion's family because that's not something a hero would do. And they added in a new villain that was disguised as Sub-Zero and he's the one who killed Scorpion's family. So I'm glad they simplified it for this movie. Uh, just made him a villain. And uh, I, I just like how they kind of like took this like spanning lore of moral combat, which is huge. And they just, they made it very accessible not just to non-fans, but to fans too. And there were so many like little references to the characters and the games. Like there's the big ones. There's the Mortal Kombat techno theme. There's get over here. There's flawless victory, fatality. Um, But like in the beginning of the movie, uh, Scorpion cuts Sub-Zero on the face. For some odd reason in Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate, Sub-Zero doesn't have a mask on and he has that scar on his face. Nice. Um, in the temple, I saw Katana's fan. So she was definitely one of the champions Uh, of the past. And on Sonya's board, um, there showed a, a picture of an Indian. He was a character in Mortal Kombat 3. He was one of the champions as well. And the last thing I want to say is I am so fucking grateful that Cabal was in this as a villain. Cause Cabal is one of the most interesting villains. Mortal Kombat has had and they finally put him in the fucking movie and he was creepy and I loved it.
1: Yes. Yes. Very creepy. Very good. Um, I, uh, I, I really like the way this movie did the lore. It, it, doesn't take it very seriously and yet at the same time has a lot of respect for it like in a way that I can't really explain
0: oh god you just you just hit the nail on the head it's like the perfect balance of like
1: it knows what kind of movie it is I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah yeah and I I super appreciate that
0: I would love to know before we before we leave what was your favorite uh, fatality from the movie
1: ooh um Hmm. Probably the first one. Which one was the first one? Like, because I didn't expect it. It was when Kano fucked somebody up, right? Oh, I yes.
0: He pulled someone's
1: heart out. Yeah. <laughs> out chest. He pulled that yeah, reptile's that happened, heart I was like, oh, good. I'm so <laughs> glad. Like, I was so pleased. Oh, my God. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones, though. There's a lot. Uh, what's her fate? Natara getting fucking killed and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. My memory of this movie is not very good because I watched it uh, like two weeks ago, but.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. The one, uh, for, for our listeners is that there was this winged villain that was sliced in half by Kung Lao's, uh, sword hat.
1: <laughs> yes. And then he just and it was- flawless victory. Yeah, it's great. What they say I really loved you, it. Yeah, when you like, in the game, they say that in the game. So I was like, oh, they say that in the game. It was very goofy. <laughs> Mine's pretty
0: simple. It was when Jax clapped that guy's head off. <laughs> I thought that was super funny. Oh, it's, it's it is one of his fatalities in the game. And it's just, it was stupid and gory and I loved it.
1: Yeah, and stupid and gory is all I want. I don't want these movies to aspire to be anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I honestly think that uh, every Mortal Kombat fan uh, should should appreciate this movie. I thought it did an excellent job of, like, balancing uh, everything and providing some new things to get excited about. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do in the next movies. And, uh... Yeah. Me too. I am mad that nobody screamed Mortal Kombat.
1: Maybe in the next one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they weren't actually in the tournament in this one, so maybe it will be in the next one. <laughs>
1: That's probably what's going to happen. Oh
0: my god, I just I just a future vision, guys. Okay. But uh, thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Badland Girls. Uh, you can find more information and in show notes uh, on the Abnormal Mapping Network, where we are hosted at abnormalmapping.com slash badlandgirls. And you can email us questions and comments. What was your favorite fatality from Mortal Kombat? At badlandgirls at gmail.com. And we are syndicated on your favorite podcast app like apple Podcasts where you can rate and review and spotify and stitcher uh but we will be back in a couple weeks to talk about more stuff so until next time
1: always always pizza rolls
0: rolls. i'm actually going to order a pizza right now because i want pizza so bad
1: so good (laughs) i'm so hungry i'm so hungry too